Well, welcome to another exciting, fun-filled edition of the Jim Snyder Podcast, where we get together each time and talk about overcoming challenges and difficulties. Well, today in the, on the show, I'm going to talk about my Specs Howard stories, my Specs Howard days, where I got my radio career started. And also, one of those stories, we'll talk about the death of a champ. I will explain that here in just a little bit. Also... I've got another really bad pun for you, so you'll have to hang out with me for that one. And, of course, I have a very exciting construction update. You won't want to miss that. So hang out with me for a little while. Sit back and relax unless you're driving. Keep those hands to the wheel and join me for this little thing I call... The Jim Snyder Podcast. Well, I do have a question for everybody. Did you listen to the very end of the podcast last time? Broadcasting from the island, podcasting from the island. I, I want to say broadcasting, and I'll be honest with you, it is a uh, it's it's an old habit that die hard, that, that dies kind of hard because I'm a broadcaster. Well, now I'm a podcaster, so when I say podcasting, I really mean broadcasting. So I'll tell you what. Let's let's get into it right now. I want to give you a construction update. And the first thing you probably may notice a little bit is I sound a little different. Well, I'll tell you what. I do have some exciting news. I am in my studio today, and it is really exciting. You know what? I'm happy. Yes, I am actually very happy. But, yes, it doesn't quite sound right least in the headphones right now and I'll tell you why because I'm in the studio we have my equipment set up I'm still in kind of a temporary mode here because the furniture that I'm going to be using hasn't been built yet and hopefully that will start today as of the day of this I'm recording this podcast and also we need to get things put away and get some sound treatment on the wall so if it sounds a little echoey today I apologize and I really honestly didn't have a chance to get things set up in my remote location from the island. (laughs) I didn't have a chance to do that this morning as I'm recording this podcast in the morning. So we're we're just kind of winging it today from the studio. And I am in the room, and I have all kinds of stuff in here. I am just surrounded by boxes of stuff and... Uh, also got some new speakers for the studio. Those sound great. And, And it's coming along. So hopefully here by the next time you and I get together, I'll still be here in the studio and it will sound just a little bit better. So just bear with me right now as we try to to work through this. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a fun, fun podcast because I've got a lot of stories to share about my days at the Specs Howard School of Media Arts or back in when I went to school there, the Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts. So let's just get on with this, shall we? Well, back in the mid-80s, I knew that I obviously wanted to be in radio, and I was getting out of high school, and my folks wanted me to go to college. And it was it was their thing that, you know, that's what you did. You went to college, and you went off, and it was going to give you all these opportunities to do stuff. Well, and, and that was fine, but I knew about this school. I had heard about this school. Uh, in Detroit, 
the Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts in Southfield, Michigan. And I wanted to go there. It sounded like a really great place. One of the local uh, disc jockeys, announcers, if you will, where I grew up in Toledo, had gone there, and I had spoken with him, and he talked to me about where he went to school there and how he got started and, and that kind of thing, yada, yada, yada. It was one of the guys I used to go out to all the remotes and, and hang out with and talk to from time to time. I, I mentioned that on a previous podcast. Well, Fred, as his name is, I'll, I'll just say Fred Lefevre. He is the morning guy at WSPD in Toledo these days, has been in Toledo for a long, long time, just celebrated his 41st anniversary in the market. So congratulations to Fred. I've known Fred forever, and Fred is really one of the neatest guys I've ever met and and has always been encouraging to me. And honestly, I have to give him a lot of credit. Well, I decided I wanted to go to school at Specs Howard. And I was going to school at the University of Toledo and going through their communications program. And one of the guys that I had hooked up with while I was going to school there was a gentleman by the name, and I'll, I'll just give you his full name, Von Reagan Dwayne Davis IV, or as everybody called him, Von Reagan, or just Von. His, actually, his first name was Von Reagan, but everybody called him Von. And Von is just a unique individual, was a unique individual, I should say, and sadly, Vaughn passed away several years ago because of health issues, and he's missed. I miss him. He was one of these guys, either you loved him or you hated him. There was no in-between with Vaughn. Vaughn was who he was, and just not afraid to take chances. And someday, and, and I should probably write a book about all the adventures that Vaughn and I had. And my gosh, we had a lot of them. And a lot of them having to do with Specs Howard. And those of you who are listening to this who know Vaughn know what I'm talking about. I'm not telling you anything new, but if you don't know Vaughn, just tell me, just just trust me when I tell you that he was a larger-than-life kind of guy and so creative, just immensely creative, but just had a different way to do things. Let's, let's just put it that way. Well, anyway, I told him about this school, about Specs Howard, Showed him the brochure. I said, I want to go here. I want to go to this school. And we got to talking about it. And he says, yeah, let's do it. We'll drive up to Detroit. We'll drive up to Southfield, Michigan. It's an eight-month course, and we'll go to school. You know, get into radio. Because we knew that this place was going to get us to what we wanted to do. Because one thing that Specs Howard does, and they still do, is that the people that teach there not only graduated from the school but they work in the industry some of them work part-time in the industry the television people would teach you classes in the morning they'd be instructors and then the afternoon they would go off to a local ad agency and shoot video for a Chevrolet commercial or do sound engineering at a production studio for a client like say Kentucky Fried Chicken or Taco Bell or whoever so these people are they're, they're in the business. They're not like, well, when I used to work at you know such and such, such station back in 1952, I was the news director back then. And they, you know, had you know, by that point they'd be hanging out at the had been hanging out at the school for a long, long time, and ne have never really been in the industry for a while. They kind of got out of it. And and nothing against teachers, nothing against 
guys that do that. And I know a couple of them. One of them I'm good friends with uh, who did radio back in the day and became a teacher. Actually, he still does some part-time work, so I really can't say that he's out of touch. He really he 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 knows what he's doing. He's he's keeping in touch. So, I decided I wanted to go to the school because you were going to learn from these guys. I mean, a couple of the the guys that taught you how to be a, an announcer or a disc jockey, if you will, they worked weekends. One guy, one instructor there by the name of Jim Bell, worked weekends at then Z ninety five point five. So I'm going to listen to these guys. And one of the guys that taught news worked weekends at then, uh, actually it still is, but he eventually went on to become the afternoon anchor at WWJ, News Radio 950. So you're learning from people who are still in it and know what the business is like, not what it used to be. So you're getting credible information. So we wanted to go there. Well, my parents wanted nothing of that. They were like, no, no, you're going to stay in school. You're going to go to college. You're going to get your degree. You'll be better off for it. Then you can go to specs if you wanted to. And I'm thinking, no, (laughs) I want to go to specs because I know this is going to get me to where I want to go. And my friend Vaughn and myself, we actually started, I wouldn't say scheming, but we started making plans to move across the border into the state of Michigan And if you are a resident of the state of Michigan, at least at that time, you could go to school for free. And we figured, well, we'll get an apartment. We'll get a cheap, just piece of crap apartment, you know, live some, you know, little place over the line in Michigan. And I would be able to get financial aid and go to school. That was the plan. And I went to my folks and I said to them, You know, I really, I understand you guys want me to go to college. You want me to finish and get my degree. But I really want to go to specs. And so I'm making plans to do this. And I'm going to do this whether you want me to or not. I'm going to do this without your help. I'm not going to ask for your help. But I'm going to go and do this. I would like your blessing on this at least. And if you don't give me your blessing, that's fine. I still love you, but I'm doing this anyway. And they, at that point, kind of just went, well, gee, he's made up his mind. And they're like, well, okay. They, they, they very begrudgingly said, okay. And we started the process of, of, of me getting registered, Vaughn getting registered, all that stuff, and getting ready to go to school there. And at the time, it was a nine was an eight, nine-month course. I think it was an eight-month course. Yes, it was an eight-month course at that point. Now I think it's over a year because of all the things that they do. Well, we had started the process, and one weekend I was uh, going down to downtown Toledo with my folks. We were going to a concert. It was a Maynard Ferguson concert, part of a big festival that they used to have in Toledo called Toledo Fest, and they'd have artists and music and food and it was a big weekend and it took over downtown Toledo for three days over Labor Day weekend and it really became the big place to hang out and every radio station in town was there Uh, our campus radio station did broadcast from out there when I was uh, in, in going to the university and all kinds of stuff well back to my friend Fred who stationed at the time WMHE 92.5 was down there and they had their van set up and we're walking over to go to see Maynard Ferguson. It was a Sunday night. I'll never forget it. And we saw the van and I stopped by. I said, I want to say hi to Fred. 
So we stopped by and Fred was there and I said, hey, Fred, I'm going to Specs Howard. And he's like, great, congratulations. And my mother looked at Fred and said, is this place really what it's all cracked up to be? Is this really a good place to go? And Fred looked at my parents and said, let me tell you something. If Jim is really serious about this, if he is really committed to it, he'll do just fine. And this place will get him to where he wants to go. And at that point, they were sold. They were committed. They were like, all right, we're in. No problem. And the the the, the hesitation and so forth kind of went away at that point. And they knew that I was serious about this. And so we started you know, continuing getting ready to, to go up to school. My friend Vaughn bought a Plymouth Champ, right? Oh, I, I don't remember when he bought it, if it was in the fall or, or sometime, but he had bought a 1970, I was a 79 Plymouth Champ, and it was a neat little car. And this thing, actually, no, it was in the, it was in the late summer because we had a, we, we had a problem with it and had to, I remember getting it, having to get it fixed uh, in the fall, transmission went out, and we had to get it fixed because that was going to be our transportation to go to school. So we got that; we're able to get that fixed through the um, through the help of my brother. Thank you so much. I have not forgotten that. So he he knew it's like yeah, if you guys are going to school, you got to have transportation. So okay, I'll pay for the transmission, and he did. But there was a neat little car. There's more about the champ later. <laughs> I think you might know where this is going, but we'll get to that later. But anyway, we started getting ready to go to school and had, you know, got to the point where it was time for classes to start. And I'll never forget the first day. The one thing about Vaughn is that Vaughn has never been on time for anything. He's just one of these people that was never on time for anything. So the morning that we're supposed to leave for for class, And of course, they tell you, you have to be on time. You have to be there. You can't be late because when you're working in broadcasting, you know, you're on the clock. You got to be there. So he shows up late. We get in the car and head off down the road up I-75 to Detroit. And Vaughn's got a lead foot to begin with. And we're just roaring up 75. Pew! Just going like mad. And we get I don't know how far up 75 we were, and we're just buzzing right along. And I said, just curious, Vaughn, how fast are we going? And he said, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. I'm a big boy. Just tell me, how fast are we going? He says, I don't know. I said, oh, dude, come on. And he says, honestly, I don't know. Speedometer only goes to 90. And when it gets past 90, it just sinks down into the dashboard where you can't see it. So I'm thinking, oh, gosh, what have I got myself into so we just hightail it up to Detroit, screaming into the parking lot at 9 o'clock for the first class. And I kid you not, I, as God is my witness, this is exactly what happened. We, we go into the parking lot, park the car, go running into the building, downstairs to where the school is, in the front door. Where is our first class? Right down there. So we go in, open the door, chikung. And the the door opens, and the instructor says, Davis, Von Reagan. And he says, I'm here. (laughs) So we we weren't late. We were on time for roll call. So we didn't get 
penalized, if you will, because I think you get, I you know if you got demerit points or whatever, or you missed out on getting perfect attendance if you were late. Even if you showed up five minutes late, you didn't get that little perfect attendance thing or whatever. So that was that was just one one thing. And we started going to school there, and that was the first day that we had had class with with the late Dick Kernan. And I I'll never forget his first class with us. And he said, "Folks, you're going to come in here. You're going to learn." just enough to hang on by your fingernails. And this is the kind of place where we're not here to teach you necessarily how to think. He says, if you want to go to school, you want to learn how to think, you want to get go to college, and there's nothing against college. They're great places. They're great institutions of higher learning, but they're not going to help you get a job. They're only interested in getting you a degree and teaching you how to think. They're not going to help you get a job. If you go to any of the, and he mentioned a bunch of schools where you could take broadcasting at college in the state of Michigan, and he said, you go to any of them, they're just going to laugh you off campus if you ask, what's your placement rate like? And I knew right away I'm in the right spot because the one thing that Specs did was they would help you find a job. They had placement counselors. They would say, okay, we've got an opening at a station in in Gaylord, Michigan, and you send your, your stuff up there, they know that you're applying send your your resume and your your tape and all that stuff and you know good luck don't screw it up for us and that's really kind of how they would you know they can only do so much they can only hold your hand so far but i never i'll never forget how that how that all kind of worked out and we did you know we we spent a lot of hours at the school uh just you know, just practicing, you know, going into the studios and, and, and after after class and, and practicing and and just having so much fun. I, I'm sorry that Vaughn is no longer with us because I would love to bring him, I would love to have brought him on the podcast because there are probably some things that he remembers that I forgot, things that we did. And you want to talk about someone that was committed as far as to going to school and making it. You do what you got to do, and he did. Because I wasn't sure if I was going to get to this story right away, but I think I might as well just tell you. We had a period early in the in the course where we was were going through some bad weather, and we're driving to and from Specs Howard every day, and we're driving home one afternoon, and it was really snowing hard, and we spun out. We just were going along, and all of a sudden just started to spin. Well, Vaughn, being an experienced winter driver, was able to help us stay on the road. And it was a little scary. And I'm thinking, wow, not sure I want to go through that again. But we made it. We got home just fine. But the next day, the next day was something that I will never forget for the for the rest of my life, as long as I live, as long as I have a mind that is functioning. We... We're on our way home after school that afternoon. It was after that big snowstorm. We had got, oh, probably about a foot of snow. And the roads were icy and wet. And it was a sunny afternoon. The weather had started to clear. And we're going down I-75. And we just passed the Mazda plant. And we're moving along. And we start to go over an overpass. And we're going by this flatbed truck. Well, the flatbed truck starts to fishtail, and he hits us. 
he smacks into the side of our car of this Plymouth champ and we start to slide and go sideways and it happened so fast it's it was like a blur but then it it was like in slow motion if you've ever been in a car crash you know what what I'm talking about here all I remember is that we started to slide and at one point we're going sideways 60 miles an hour down the road and this tire coming right at my side of the car and Vaughn yells look out just lets go of the wheel and throws himself on top of me and at that point the tire hits my side of the car and caves in part of the windshield and my passenger window. All I can see is glass flying at this point. I had sunglasses on, thank goodness. And we just started to spin. And that's when, you know, things go in slow motion. And you, and I just remember thinking, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And we spun and then we came to a complete stop. And my, I just, I close my eyes, and I'm at this point, my eyes are closed. I'm just thinking, you know, what, what did I, what did we just go through? And my buddy is like, Vaughn's like, are you okay? You okay? Hey, man, you okay? And I open my eyes. I said, Yeah, I'm fine. The engine is still running in the car, just you know, pop, 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 just run along like a top. The radio is still playing, but part of the top of the car is gone, and. My, you know, he gets, my buddy gets out of the car, Vaughn gets out of the car and a, a trucker had stopped and he thought that the a truck, the truck driver that stopped was a guy that hit us. And he, also, I remember Vaughn yelling, look what you've done to my car. And the guy says, no, I didn't hit you as another guy. And we looked at the tire tracks in the snow and we figured we must've spun in about a foot or so of snow in the medium about six times and I don't remember that happening it was just so so bizarre and the guy helps us get into his truck we gather what we can out of the car because I had my you know some of my stuff I used a Perkins Braille writer at that time I took it with me to school every day you know and all of our stuff we got everything out of the car that we could and climb into this little cab. And of course he has to drive us to the next truck stop where we go to get a payphone to call down to Toledo to get a mutual friend of ours to come and pick us up because, you know, there were no cell phones at that point. There were, they were around, but they're like four or $500, you know, just to get one. <laughs> I know that you say four or $500. Yeah. A smartphone's going to run you fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks or whatever. Yeah, but in those days, they were just not available to everybody. They were st- still very much a novelty for the for the wealthy. So we make a phone call and get a friend of ours to come and pick us up. And we're sitting there in the restaurant, having a hot chocolate, just kind of processing everything that just happened to us because you're kind of numb at that point. And you're thinking, you're processing in this in your mind, what just happened to me? What did I just go through? And I remember Vaughn sitting there, and he starts to drink his hot chocolate, and he starts to shake. And he could hardly hold his cup. And I said, are you okay? And he says, you realize what just happened to us? And I said, yeah, we could have died. And I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we could have. 
It was it was amazing. Really, I honestly believe there was a I knew at that point in my life that there was purpose because for God to to bring me through that and I wasn't even what you would call a a born again Christian if you want to call me that, a religious person, a follower of Christ. You know, I hadn't got to that point in my life yet. I knew there was a God. I always believed that there was Jesus, but it was one of those, it was the mentality that all dogs go to heaven. If you're a good person, you go to heaven. And, and there's a little bit more to it than that. And if if, if you don't agree with that, that's fine. I, I'm not going to debate that here, but that's kind of what I believed at that point. So anyway, I knew there was a God, and I realized that God had a purpose for me. I came through that accident for a reason. I survived a three-month premature birth weighing two pounds, two ounces, and I probably should mention that I actually dipped below two pounds for a short time after I was born. And most babies do anyway. You, you, you lose a little bit of weight initially. But for me to, to, to survive a premature birth, my mother's horrible pregnancy with me because she had problems. She almost miscarried me a couple of times. To be born premature, to survive an accident like that, there was a reason for me to be here and to do what I do. And, at the, of course, at the time, I didn't completely realize it, but I knew that there was a reason. So we got through the accident, and I, I kid you not, I was pulling glass out of crevices of my body for days. <laughs> it just, I, you, it's amazing how that sort of thing happened. But we got through it, and then we had to figure out, what are we going to do? Vaughn didn't have a car anymore. We didn't have the money to buy another car. Well, as it so happened, we had a mutual friend who was going to Specs. We had talked him into going, but he couldn't start until the next daytime class started, which was a oh a month or so. I can think it was a couple months later. So he had just started going to school. And so we he, we rode with him, and we had been riding with him for about, a, I don't know, it was a week or two or something, and we're driving up one morning and spun out again. We just slid into the ditch. We didn't damage the car beyond repair. It just We just slid off, slid off the road into a ditch, had to wait for a tow truck to come and get us. We're late to school. My perfect attendance record was ruined. I was a little bit disappointed in that. I tried to plead my case. It wasn't like I was being irresponsible. Nope, nope, it doesn't matter. You were late. And I'm like, all right, you know what? It's their school. They can do what they want. And they... They actually, at the beginning, when I started, I, I probably should back up just a little bit, and I'm glad I remembered this. But when I first started at the school, they weren't sure if I was going to be able to get through the TV portion of it. And it wasn't that they, I don't know, they just like, how does this blind guy get through the TV program? We don't want to, we don't want to take his money. And I remember Spex Howard himself calling me into the office, and he says, well, we're not sure if you're going to be able to get through this We'll give you a certificate saying that you made it through, but you don't have to take the TV course. And he said, go home and think about it and let us know what you want to do. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take the TV course because I had taken a couple of TV courses when I was going to the University of Toledo. You'll learn how to run a, a TV camera and all that kind of stuff, just some real basic stuff. And I, I actually got home that afternoon 
because class went like from nine in the morning until one in the afternoon and we went home. And I, and actually after school, before I left, they, that's when they called me into the office and said, you know, what they said. So I went home and I called Specs back and I said, Specs, I'm going to take the course and I'm going to pass. And I'm not just going to pass. I'm going to pass with a good grade. And I did. I got an A grade you know, or an A in the radio side of it. And I got a B in the television production side of it. And I went through the course. Because they weren't sure if I was going to be able to get through this. And it's honestly, it was an honest concern. And one of the concerns that they had because... When I took my test, I was a terrible copy reader, and I'm not the best copy reader, if you can believe it. Reading Braille is one of those things that's hard to do because when you read sight, for those of you, you know, when you're reading sight, you're reading something maybe a line or two ahead, and then your mouth is speaking it a, a few seconds later. Braille doesn't quite work like that. It's harder. So I can read copy, but I can only read short pieces of it. And at that point, I was still really kind of learning my technique. And they looked at me and they said, you're not a very good copy reader. We're not sure if you're going to be able to get through. Well, I convinced them that I could do it, and I did. And so they were concerned, and rightfully so. And there was even stories floating around about how I was going to school there, that my father would bring me into the studio and set me behind the microphone and set records on the turntable for me. And that is a complete lie. That is, that is not true. My father never, the only time my father actually stepped foot in the building was the day that I graduated. But there were stories going around about this little blind guy who was going to Specs, who his dad let him in and sat him down and you know, yada, yada. I, I heard about those stories and it just really bugged me. And it's all right because I proved everybody wrong anyway. But there were those who thought I could do it. There were instructors there who I got along with, you know, swimmingly great, very well. And I would imagine if I ran into some of them today, they would remember me, maybe not. So, you know, there's always those that are going to doubt, that are, they're going to they're gonna say, well, you can't do this. You can't get through this. You, you, you can't see. But again, prove them wrong. And back to the problem with the, with the transportation, my friend who was in the, the, the second car that we uh, had the little the spin out in, he just had a dinged up bumper, so it wasn't a big deal. So he was able to continue to drive. Vaughn had a problem. How was he going to get back and forth to school? Because I ended up staying with my sister during the week and some weekends with my brother who lived in the area, who lived in Detroit, they couldn't put both of us up, but they could put me up. Vaughn actually had to sleep in the parking garage at Specs Howard after hours. They knew he was there. They knew that he was what he was doing. He would go over to the health club and shower and go over to a, you know, there was places nearby where he could walk and get a meal, that kind of thing. But he would sleep in the parking garage. And you talk about commitment. I don't know if I could do that. But again, Vaughn did what he had to do, and Vaughn was not afraid to take chances. And that's how we got through it. So for several months until, or not several months, but I don't know, two or three months, I think it was, until Vaughn got another car, 
I stayed at my sister's during the week and a couple of weekends at my brother's. And to my sister, I say, thank you. Thank you for letting me invade your space. And I know it wasn't easy on them. They had two little kids at the time. They were trying to live their life. And then they got me sleeping downstairs in a spare room that they had. And I tried to not invade their space. I tried to stay out of their way and let them do what they do. And it all worked out fine. We got through it. And I ended up graduating. And it it, it, it all it all worked out. It all worked out well. And but I'll I'll just there were there were there were just times that you just kinda wonder, how am I gonna get through this? But you just kinda you just keep your eye on the prize. Vaughn and I both knew that we wanted to graduate. We wanted to get through this program. And we were going to get through this program. And we did. We both graduated with excellent grades, top, not at the very top of the class, but pretty much near the top of the class. And it was one of those times in my life where you were excited about moving on and going to the next level, but you were really kind of sad to see it come to an end because you get to know a lot of the people in your class. I don't remember how many people was actually in our class, but a lot of us did the news club together, which every Friday afternoon at Specs they would have a simulated television newscast. We would go into one of the one of the studios, TV studios, and build the news set. And we all had our jobs. I ran the audio console, of course. And we had people that would run the video equipment. People would run cameras. People would anchor sports or the news or the weather and all that kind of stuff. And we set it up and somebody would record uh, an episode of Cheers or Night Court or something. And it would start running at 5 o'clock. And that was the countdown. When Cheers was over, you were on the air, and we would have our production meeting. We did it just like a regular television news department would do it, and it would run in the we it would be taped, and then it would run in the lobby at the school throughout the week for anybody who's coming in to visit the school or whatever. They would see that, and it was a lot of fun. I loved News Club. I wasn't interested in getting into TV so much, but to be a part of something like that. It was almost like you became part of a fraternity, a club. And we got to the point where it was getting close to graduation and we're all going to move on and go our separate ways. And it was kind of sad because it's coming to an end, but we're all excited because we're all going to go out and get to live our dream. And I had a job lined up before I graduated at the Central Ohio Radio Reading Service. I will talk about that in a future episode. It was a, a radio station for print handicapped individuals. If you couldn't hold a book or couldn't see the print of the book, you were eligible to get a special receiver that would allow you to listen to the programming. And I'll talk more about that at another time. So Specs Howard, it was a lot of fun. The transportation issues, the just the accident, the all that kind of stuff. We made it through and we live to see another day. Here comes a really bad pun from the Jim Snyder Podcast. Well, there was this gentleman who had a son, and his son was caught chewing on an electrical cord. Can you believe that? 
well, Dad had to ground him, but that's not all. He did learn his lesson. He is now conducting himself properly. You know what? I'm just... Tip, tip. If you have a pun that you would like to share with me, please go to go to your email, open up your email, and send me an email. The Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. The Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. And you can you can send me your puns. I'd love to hear from you. Whatever whatever your comments are. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Jim Snyder Podcast. Thank you for making me a part of your day, whatever it is that you happen to be doing. And if you have an idea for a show, someone that you would like me to talk to, maybe you want me to talk to you. I'm not opposed to that because that's what this thing is all about. The Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. It's all lowercase. You can send me your emails, your comments, your criticisms, whatever you want, as long as with within reason. Okay. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. This is Jim Snyder. Until next time, as I always say, it's not what happens to you in life that's important. It's how you respond that really counts. Yeah.